Welcome to PTBC Podcast, where we will be speaking about innovation, technology, growing your business, and maximizing your entrepreneurial potential. Let's get down to business. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the PTBC Podcast. This is Sarush, and I'm joined by my friend and colleague, Slava. Hey, everyone. So today we have a very special guest and our fellow graduate from the University of Toronto from the MSCPT program, Anna Wong. Anna is super passionate about bringing evidence-based information and practices to improve emotional and spiritual health in her patients as well as healthcare practitioners. Anna also went back to her educational roots and now lectures at U of T about well-being and resilience against burnout. So professional burnout is a very frequent topic of conversation nowadays among healthcare professionals and really do feel like this is an extremely important topic to address. So fun fact, Anna has her own website that you can check out at www.annawong.ca to get a deeper understanding of her professional mission and just to learn a little bit more about her. All right, let's get down to business. Anna, how are you doing today? Hey, I'm doing good. How are you guys? Good. Thanks so much for joining us. We're really excited to have uh, this conversation with you. And um, we know you've been doing a little bit, uh, a lot of uh, different uh, things around this topic of burnout and its impact on um, the workers and the business and um, healthcare in general. But uh, just to get started, do you mind giving us a little bit of a journey about how you got here and how you got uh, involved in this topic? Oh, yeah, for sure. So um, I've been out of school now for three years or so. And when I first started working, I, um, I had a lot of difficult patients. And through this time, I struggled quite a bit and I was feeling quite burnt out. And through my own struggles, I, I decided to read up on burnout. And actually, it's a topic that's well researched. And I found that I was not the only one. A lot of people in relationship intense helping professions experience burnout. And that's really where I'm, this is, that's really where I had started having this passion on, you know, researching more and educating others on what exactly is burnout and what we can do to prevent it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And it's definitely an important topic, especially with uh, healthcare professionals constantly dealing with people who are struggling with their own problems, right? And we're tasked with uh, solving some of those problems and giving those quick solutions. Um, mm-hmm. Anna, could you elaborate on what are some of the factors that typically lead to burnout in physiotherapists specifically? Yeah, well, when we think of factors that lead to burnout, there's really two ways to look at it and that's from the organizational level and also the individual level so the organizational level is the things you usually think about like having a very excessive workload you know having seeing patients back to back with no breaks it can also be um the the organizational culture and the values if they don't align with yourself. So for example, if you're working at a clinic or a hospital and they're very driven by revenue and by business and that's not where you're coming from, then that can cause burnout. Um, Another factor could be as you're working, you start to lose the meaning behind your work. So most people, I would think, as a physiotherapist, you enter this profession to really help others. 
and to create an impact in people. But let's say your work is dominated by charting and you're, there's a lack of patient care, you might start to lose the meaning behind your work. Mm-hmm. So those are just some organizational level factors. And of course, there are individual factors too. So you as the physiotherapist, um, how do you manage stress, like both personal and professional stress? And are you able to identify when you're stressed and do something about it? So kind of like a two-pronged approach when we think about burnout. It's not just necessarily where you work, but it's also the individual themselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, you made some really good points about just both the organizational level and the individual level um, factors. And I think that, you know, as physiotherapists, uh, sometimes, you know, it's, it's, we have our, you know, we have our own things going on at home, things that are happening outside the clinical world. And, and, you know, just managing those stresses, like you said, uh, can definitely be very uh, vital component of your your work and your productivity and everything and um, we've we've also had uh, some articles that we've read about about uh, just general workers and um, and uh, impact of productivity uh, and burnout and uh, we wanted to get your take on how you think this burnout is feeding into productivity obviously there's a very strong connection there and how you see it as something that's important for the organization itself Yeah, for sure. So burnout is a huge topic for business owners as well as the hospital healthcare system. Mm -hmm. Um, In recent years, there's more and more research on when the employees are feeling burnt out, this leads to reduced efficiency. So there's a correlation of how many people are burnt out and how often they're missing work and taking sick days. And a really important thing too is that It shows if people are burnt out, there's increased staff turnover. And this is super costly to business owners as well as the the healthcare system. And something I find really interesting is that new grads are actually more prone to burnout. And I, I think it's a trend that clinic owners are starting to see that a lot of the new grads have high turnover. And that might be a correlation there. And the other thing that's really important is when people are burnt out, that leads to decreased patient satisfaction and just overall decreased quality of care. So that actually reduces your reputation of your clinic or your hospital and um, overall just reduces your efficiency and productivity at your workplace. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, you know, like the new grad thing is very important, especially kind of us being new grads right now and coming out of school, even um, school itself sometimes can be very tiring, right? When you go to school coming from uh, you know undergraduate degree, whether or not it was uh, if you had five days a week of classes or three days or whatever it was, then coming, you know, going not going to school from nine to five and then going home and doing some work afterwards. So it's a tiring process in itself. And I think that you know, as, as new grads, for sure, like managing those, um, that energy level is really important. Um, and, you know, what have you found? What did you do as a new grad uh, to help manage that burnout? I think when I first started to work, I, I only worked. I was working a lot. And when I wasn't working, 
I was looking things up because I didn't fully, you know, understand or I needed to review my notes. And um, when I was a new grad and feeling very burnt out, I recognized that I was working so much. I was working six days a week. And when I wasn't working in the evenings, I would be reviewing my notes. And on the weekends, I would be taking a lot of courses. And there was just an overall lack of work-life balance for me. And I think I really made an effort to prioritize other things in my life, such as seeing my family, my friends, doing other things that I enjoy is super important to preventing burnout. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Anna. And I also will tend to agree with you because I'm also a new grad and working six days a week right now. <laughs> Slava's <laughs> jotting, these notes, jotting these down closely. Yeah. <laughs> listening, listening intently. Um, let me ask you a question in terms of um, how you pre-framed your mind in terms of uh, separating work and uh your personal life as well, because uh, some of the things I found helpful was uh, just framing yourself positively. In the beginning of the day, you wake up, you plant some positive thoughts into your brain and then make sure that the, uh, that the day goes well. What do you think about that strategy? Yeah, I think that's, that's a great strategy. So, you know, often in conversation, for example, today, Sunday, we're chatting, a lot of the conversation is, oh, it's Monday, I don't want to go to work. And you're already framing yourself to dread work. And if you're already in the mindset that you don't want to go into work, that's going to show up in your behavior in terms of how you perform and how you treat your patients. So I think it's very powerful to set an intention every morning that, you know what, it's it's a privilege to be in this career. It's a privilege to be able to treat mm-hmm. our patients and it's a privilege to um, do something you love. And mm-hmm. I think through that, taking a positive perspective is very powerful in preventing burnout as well. Um, even in moments of stress, finding gratitude for what we do is very important. And just feeling lucky that we have a job that gives us so much purpose and meaning in our lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100% agree with that. I think that sometimes we um, we get so busy with everything that we're doing, we just forget about the things that we have. So gratitude is definitely something that is um, sometimes forgotten. And, you know, I, you know, from just looking at, listening to and looking at all these individuals who have made so much success in their lives, these individuals are often uh, having these moments of gratitude a lot more often than other individuals. So it definitely is something that's super important. Um, now you also made a really good point earlier about uh, culture and that and the effect on burnout. And like you said, you know, if the culture is, um, it's not as best as it could be, sometimes it could influence those, uh, those rates of burnout at an organizational level. So we wanted to kind of hear your thoughts on how you think uh, people within an organization or a clinic or, um, or a community center, um, how they can promote a really good environment to allow individuals to maximize their potential and to reduce these rates of burnout. Mm-hmm. That's a great question. I think in the clinic setting, like a private clinic setting, oftentimes therapists are working in silos. They're working by themselves, essentially. There's not a lot of teamwork that happens. So I think creating a culture where 
um, community is very valued is important. So feeling a sense of community within your clinic or organization and being able to connect with your coworkers is very important. Mm-hmm. So that you don't, when you're, you are struggling, you feel that you're supported and you're not going through it alone. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I remember, you know, I was actually talking to Slava about this recently. And, you know, there's, I remember when I was working at the, uh, the movie theater, like a long time ago, right? Um, you know, the job itself, it wasn't like, it's, it's you're working at the movie theater. Like, we all know what you're going to be doing. It's not you know, crazy. It's not enjoy The job itself's not enjoyable. But I really enjoyed working with everybody. And every night I left, I never felt like exhausted or anything. I felt like rejuvenated. And that really kind of showed me that that environment has such an important uh, influence on your energy levels and your burnout rates. Mm-hmm. And just to build off of uh, Sarusha's point, um, you mentioned some of those things uh, with the culture, creating some some of those meaningful relationships with your coworkers and the patients as well. But I feel like these days uh, the private practice setting is so like fast paced that we got to keep treating, treating, treating. And then we have additional responsibilities such as charting and additional paperwork to do and things like that. So Anna, how do you, um, um, how do you really improve your work effectiveness so that you talk with the colleagues, get the charting done, get all the paperwork done, see the patients and how do you make the day the most efficient at the clinic so that you don't take it home afterwards? Mm-hmm. So from what I'm hearing is the challenge is balancing, you know, getting your work done, but also connecting with colleagues, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's just little things like if it's Monday, asking your coworkers what they did on the weekend, you know, taking an interest in their life outside of work as well. And if you are a business owner, clinic owner, I think creating structure to allow for that is very important even meeting once a month where you get all of your workers together for a social or for a meeting and just creating opportunities for your staff to connect. Because ultimately if your staff, um, like they get to know each other, they're comfortable with each other, that helps with communication, that helps with teamwork. And in the end that helps with your business. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, as, as, uh, as aspiring entrepreneurs in, in the healthcare space ourselves, and we know that, you know, and we've seen a lot of entrepreneurs burn out really quickly because they, they tend to find, uh, they don't find this balance to help keep themselves engaged, but also maintain their energy levels throughout. So, and, you know, you've definitely stepped into this entrepreneur space yourself with uh, your workshops, your lectures, and kind of some of the things you do outside of just providing the clinical care. So what are some strategies that you've used and you think that other individuals can use to balance this energy level as an entrepreneur? I think as an entrepreneur, we're, we're always very driven. We have big ideas and we really want to um, see our ideas come into fruition. And oftentimes we value being productive and, you know, getting work done way more than playing and resting. And I find myself personally that I tend to always overwork. You know, if I have a, some free time on a Sunday, I usually will tend to work rather than do anything else. So I think having that balance is really important. It's, you know, having a lot of time to do your business stuff, 
but also allotting time for other things in your life, like family, friends, and, you know, just doing things you enjoy is super valuable. They, um, also being an entrepreneur sometimes can be quite isolating because you're working alone a lot of the times. So creating a support network, meeting other entrepreneurs, asking for help when you need it is really important because oftentimes you're working alone for many hours. Mm, yeah, that's definitely something that I think that a lot of um, people who are more self, uh, self-sufficient struggle with to ask for others uh, for the help. And I think that that's a really good, good point that you made. I also did want to kind of bring up this point. I, I remember we were looking into um, Jack Dorsey. Uh, not sure if you've heard of him. He's the uh, I think CEO of Twitter and um, Square. And so he's running these two massive companies. And we we're looking into how he kind of structures his day as an entrepreneur. And the way he does it is from apparently from this article was he has these themes throughout the day so that he can essentially um, try to uh, target things that he needs to do at Twitter and at Square on certain days. But he also has blocks in his day to fully disengage from everything. So what do you think about that? Yeah, I really like that idea. I think Um, sometimes you think, okay, you know, I have 10 hours, I want to do 10 hours of work. But actually, if you, you know, focus your time doing only five hours of work and having five hours of rest time, in the end, you could actually be more productive because you've had sufficient time for rest. Mm -hmm. If that makes sense. No, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And um, I read in uh, Mel Robbins' book, it's like uh, the five second rule. Uh, that she has this law called Parkinson's law, which means uh, you you will fill up the time with work with which you allow it to be filled with. So if you allocate two weeks for a project, you'll be working on it for two weeks. If you allocate a week for a project, you'll only work on it for one week. It's bas- basically all about those deadlines. Mm-hmm. So couldn't, uh, couldn't agree more with that because <laughs> when we have a deadline for PT Business Corner, it's always like if it's later, then we just fill it with work for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I I really resonate with that. And I think it's also this idea of not being a perfectionist. And, you know, you have this allotted time to do your best work. um, And and that's it. Because otherwise, if you don't put a time limit on it, you can just keep on working on it forever. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, what are some of the tools you use specifically, Anna, to be as efficient as possible during your day? I think one of my top things I like to do is to create three priorities per day Mm -hmm. instead of a super long to-do list. Because when I create a to-do list that has 20 items on it, it makes me feel overwhelmed. And when I don't get through that list, I don't feel accomplished. So I'd rather create a shorter list and kind of have themes for the day that I want to accomplish. And in the end, it, I end up doing more because I'm less overwhelmed with how much I have to do. Mm-hmm. And I think I remember you gave um, uh, one of the things that you mentioned at one of your talks at Physio Night Out was you used the program Boomerang um, for emails. Um, and I think that was a good one I threw on there to just pause your inbox, right? Mm-hmm. So 
what are some other strategies from in terms of the kind of the online, the computer digital space where you try to control your day without letting notifications just flood your day? So less so technology, but I think it's all about creating systems to streamline your processes. So whether that's responding to emails, whether that's um, like, for example, creating a PowerPoint presentation, I try to create systems so that every time I go to do a task, it becomes more efficient. I, I mentioned Boomerang before, so it's an application where you can pause your inbox and then when you're ready to respond to your emails, you unpause it and you respond right away. So I try to only look at my email twice a day and I try to respond immediately if I could, instead of just checking my email 50 times a day. Mm -hmm. And I post the same thing with my phone. Um, I try to be very intentional about my use of my phone. I try not to check it every hour, only like the morning, lunchtime, and then after work. And I think just immediately responding during those times can help me feel less overwhelmed in terms of responding to people. Mm -hmm. No, that's definitely an important strategy, especially with the phone, you know, since we're all, sometimes I feel like my phone's my left hand <laughs> and it just stuck to my body at all times. Um, so, you know, I've tried to turn off notifications for the social medias, try to <laughs> disengage a little bit that way. It's definitely tough, but, you know, in the digital age, when you're always communicating with everybody through your phone and through the computer, it's like, it's very tough to fully disengage as well. I think I also read, um, I don't know if you saw this recent um, challenge where this individual had uh, embarked on this uh, journey to have no phone for a month or, or something like that or a year. Um, and I think it was vitamin water. They're giving them $100,000 if someone could do that or something like that, right? And the person at the end, the reflection is, I would never do this again because our whole life just fully revolves around technology so much now that if you, it's hard to fully take it out. Um, and because that's kind of not that possible nowadays as it seems. Um, but also at the same time, like the, she did say that she felt a lot better uh, just reducing the use of it, but not fully taking it out. So what do you think about that? Yeah, I think it's all about your intention and what you're, purpose of the use of the phone is mm -hmm. I think there's obviously pros and cons of using your phone all the time so for example if you're on your phone all the time you're so disengaged with people in real life but on the other hand if you don't use your phone at all people have a hard time getting in touch with you yeah so I think it's all about what you're trying to do like if you are in a business meeting or you're networking you're mm -hmm intention is to connect with others so you wouldn't like have your phone out all the time but it's almost like it's necessary so that you can um oh my gosh let me rephrase that again can you ask me again sorry yeah yeah um so uh, it wasn't a question it was just your thoughts on um the the person doing the the challenge for not using their phone for months or a year or something um and kind of seeing how that turned out but she said that she wouldn't do that again because our whole life really revolves around technology it's hard to fully disengage yeah so what i think about that is you know there's many pros and cons with using our phones 
I don't think I would ever be on one extreme where I'm on my phone all day. And even when I'm talking to people in real life and be on my phone, I wouldn't be on that extreme. But I wouldn't be on the extreme of not using a phone either because they, it provides us with so many benefits with keeping in touch with people and um, being able to connect with others. So I really feel that it's, it's being intentional about your technology use. When you are connecting with people in person, I think that's not the time to pull up your phone and check your Instagram. Um, it's a time to connect with others, but um, yeah, setting some time in your day for technology use. I think that's completely fair and fine. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's, as you mentioned, it's difficult to disengage uh, from the technology fully, right? Because social media gives us the endorphins, right? Like the likes and the follows, right? Uh, with the, with the other people, there's always that expectation that we should be available 24-7 uh, if they call us or text us or even email us because the phones are always on hand, right? So you should be always ready to respond. That's why so many people, uh, Mel Robbins in that book was also saying like some adults even wake up in the middle of the night, check their email, never remember it, and then oh go God. back to sleep. <laughs> so if you guys have randomly middle of the night responded, woke up next morning, I'm like, wait, when did I send that text? <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. And um, so some of these things are always constantly making yeah. you wound up and always on the go. So Anna, mm -hmm. are there any relaxation techniques that you use to kind of unwind from a, from a long day or to keep yourself nice and peaceful? Yeah, for sure. Speaking of technology, I, I try to actually have, you know, around an hour to two hours before bedtime that's tech free. First of all, that's great, you know, sleep hygiene, but also I just put my phone on airplane mode so that I just disengage from the techn technology a little bit. And I find that um, I feel more at peace when I just um, have that kind of shut off for a little bit. And also in the morning, I'm not bombarded with all these emails and messages the first thing when I wake up. Mm -hmm. And when I'm ready to see it, then I turn my phone off of airplane mode. Mm -hmm. the, yeah, the other thing is, I think living in a city and being so busy all the time, just spending some time in nature rejuvenates me quite a bit. And I think for each person, it's understanding yourself and understanding what recharges you. For me, it's nature. Maybe for you, it's playing sports traveling it could be um a different hobby that you have so i think getting to know yourself and what recharges your soul is important mm -hmm. yeah i think that the airplane mode tip is definitely something that i kind of want to try as well because in the morning as soon as you wake up you unlock the phone and there's like three things for like facebook two two texts a couple of emails <laughs> definitely you know you wake up your one eye is open one eye is shut and you're trying to read these things <laughs> i feel like maybe that'll resonate with a few people listening <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> um and so you know we've talked to a lot of you know clinic owners as you've may listen on our podcast um, and we've had this discussion with them on trying to keep everybody happy keep everybody engaged keep uh, keep them in terms of the retention uh, what would be your top three tips that you would provide for prevention of burnouts that these owners or these uh, practices uh, can implement right away 
so that they can help reduce those rates? Yeah, I think um, one of the top things is to help your employees feel valued as a staff member mm -hmm. and also valued in the work that they do. So obviously there's compensation, there's promotions and there raises, but there's also other ways to recognize good work uh, and show appreciation. So well, however you structure your business, for example, you have monthly meetings, it could be just verbal acknowledgement and recognize, recognition. It could be, you know, running some work so socials for your staff. There's many different ways to show acknowledgement rather than just compensation. And obviously that's important too. But um, I think just, you know, showing that you care about your employees is, can be very valuable. And um, Anna, in terms of your uh, top five tips for uh, the physiotherapists, because you already mentioned some for the employers and clinic owners, mm -hmm. specifically for physiotherapists and um, maybe in particular new grads, uh, what are the strategies you can use to avoid burnout in practice? Yeah, I think I've mentioned some of them, but I'll summarize. I think the first one is don't lose the reason why you became a physiotherapist. Really remind yourself and find the meaning in the work that you do. Like for example, if you have a patient that you're about to discharge and they give you a thank you note, like really savor that moment and have keep that card and let that be a reminder of why you do the work that you do. And Another way that I mentioned before is connecting with others, you know, connect with your colleagues and um, really create a sense of community at work, but also connecting with others outside of work as well. That's very important. I would say um, understanding that like living a good life is not just being great at what you do in work and that there's other dimensions in your life to foster as well. So obviously in your relationships, in your physical health, in your mental health, your hobbies, your finances, um, just being um, mindful of balance in your life. And the last one I would say is, this truly is a skill, but checking in with yourself and seeing how you're feeling. So, you know, if you're feeling stressed, um, take a note of that and being proactive and doing something about it before it gets out of hand. Mm -hmm. Yeah, those are definitely really important tips. And especially the last one, the self-reflection, very, very important. I think that that's going to pay, pay dividends for a lot of individuals in the future. So, Anna, thank you so much for coming on the podcast now before we get to the end of the podcast here uh we always ask about a book recommendation and you know we know that you know you do you have read books and you um i'm sure you have a great recommendation for us um is there any books that you found um was really useful to learn more about this topic and this how this topic relates to business yeah for sure um for those learning want to learn a bit more about burnout prevention there's a really good book called The Resilient Practitioner, Burnout Prevention and Other Self-Care Strategies. And I think that really outlines very well what exactly is burnout 
and why it happens and strategies to help yourself through that. And I think for business owners, it's valuable to actually understand what it is and how to identify it in your employees. Mm-hmm. Nice. Did you name your social media tag after the, after the book, The Resilient Physio? Um, I did not, but um, <laughs> I, I was, when I was creating, I guess, my handle for Instagram, I was trying to think what word captures what I'm trying to do the most. And that word is resilience. Really, you know, in our profession, we're always going to face stress. In our life, there's always going to be challenges. But it's really our ability to bounce back from those challenges. And the word resilience is the is the term for it. Yeah, it's a good word. We like it a lot. Uh, speaking of social media, Anna, where can our listeners find you on social media or What's the best way to get in touch with you if they have some questions about burnout? Because I'm sure we'll have a lot after this podcast. (laughs) Yeah, um, the best way to reach out to me is through my website. So again, it's www.annawong.ca, Anna with two N's. And um, you can just shoot me an email through my contact box there. Or you can follow me on Instagram. It's at the resilient physio. I'm not super active on Instagram, so it's probably best to email me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. And um, once the once the Instagram gets a little bit more more famous, we'll need your autographs and everything. <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> uh, Anna, thank you so much again. We really, really appreciate you coming on talking about this really important topic, and it's it's definitely something that I think everybody should be thinking about for themselves and for their employees or for the individuals that's working in the team. Um, We want to thank you again for taking the time and uh, hope you have a great day. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much. And I have a great day. Thank you everyone for tuning into the PTBC podcast. Hope you enjoyed the episode today. Please check us out on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and at our website, ptbusinesscorner.com. Feel free to send us a message on social media or email us at info at ptbusinesscorner.com. See you next time.